This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, David, and today's game will feature the Benchwarmer team of Mason and Dan versus the team of Scott and assistant coach to our Patreon team, Scott Highland. Uh, let's start with Scott Highland. Yeah, Scott, you haven't been on in an episode, I think, a few months? Maybe I'm lost track of time. Uh, yeah, a regular one. I've been on a couple of, couple of fast break episodes. Ah, right. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, which will probably air prior to this, and you can see how Marcus wheelhouse the game completely by accident against me. Nice, and, nice. Uh, Oh, against so, you. Oh, against, against me. You. Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. No, it's uh, it was quite impressive how he fell backwards into it. Gotcha. Well, why don't you tell our general population listeners, uh, remind us who you are, tell us your team allegiances, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, I grew up in New York and Connecticut, so I'm a, a big New York sports fan. Um, been down here in Dallas about a year. Um, so we've got season tickets to FC Dallas. So we're, we're big in the MLS scene. Uh, season's off to a pretty good start. So uh, since I was last on, I went to Peru. Uh, wow, we wow. climbed Machu Picchu. The altitude got to me at the top and I decided to propose. So, um, you know, we can blame. No, I'm kidding. My fiance is wonderful. She's my better half. Um, so <laughs> um, it's been good. Travel, travel in the world. Very nice. I- I'm glad the engagement story worked out i mean the proposal story worked out well for you so good job yeah otherwise yeah. it was we were up on a, a precipice so one of us was getting pushed off oh no so scott uh sorry other scott what's going on with you and you want to share a team name for us yeah i will we're on the precipice and one of us is going off a cliff i mean that sounds like vows <laughs> to me if i've ever heard it right mason marriage right right <laughs> <laughs> let me just get that out of the way now I'm good. There's not too much going on with me. Uh, I'm excited to to play with a fellow Scott here. You know, we haven't been too acquainted, but you know, uh, first of all, thank you for having an awesome name. Thank you for for being a, a you know a patron of ours. For those of you listening, if you don't subscribe to our Patreon, fast break episodes are Patreon exclusives uh, in which uh, we change up the format a little bit. It's a little quicker game to get through it's kind of just 20 generic questions that may or may not be tailored in a wheelhouse unknowingly um by marcus but yeah so you should subscribe because that's one of the perks that you get uh just more time to listen to us do what we do here um with that being said two scots i mean pretty obvious what the where the team name's going uh tonight we're going to be great scots very nice all right mason and dan let's let's get this going who, who wants to go first and well whoever doesn't have the team name Who's going first? I guess. Well, I mean, by default, that's me. Mason, how you doing? You, should, you shouldn't have even asked, but that, that's probably true. Mason, I haven't seen you since you got married, so congratulations. And uh, tell us how Thanks. you're doing. Uh, I'm doing well. By the time this comes out, probably during either AP exams or finals or whatever, so I'll be stressed out by the point that you hear this. Um, right now, I'm just kind of getting them prepared for everything. On a separate note from that, basically, I found out that some private donor to our school is allowing me to go to a summer institute basically for a week to go do some training. So I just found out about this recently and I got to pick where to go. And of all the locations, the one that appealed most to me was Davidson, North Carolina. So I'm going to be traveling oh. up to y'all's neck of the woods. Oh, um, Mason. It's the I'll coolest small town in America. Yes. So yeah, it was, it's drivable. It's, it's, a, it's a long drive, but figured it's a nice place 
never been. Get to see some sights in between. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It's a suburb of of the of the uh, of the Charlotte area. I lived in. Um, I went to College of Elon, and then I lived in Charlotte and Hickory for thirteen years. But I previous to moving down to South Florida, I lived in Cornelius. So I used to run in Davidson every uh, every Monday afternoon. Wow, very nice. We're so getting can... too much Carolina on this podcast now. I don't like <laughs> this. Right. Ha- ha- hashtag too much Carolina. Well, Mason, we'll have to do a reunion when you when you come this way. It's closer yeah. for Dan, but it's only a couple hours for me. We'll, yeah, we'll you're be... about 45 minutes for me. So Dang. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I've never seen Steph Curry's campus, so that would be kind of fun. So, Dan, why don't you... Uh... Wait, hold on. No, what? wait. Hold on, Mason. I have to know if if Davidson is the one that appealed to you. What were these other podunk towns that were an option? Uh, I, Machu Picchu was one of them. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean what about Cordell Idaho? You think that's more appealing than Davidson? I, no, I think I think Wait, that I, where, I would make the right choice there. Cordellin. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Dave, yeah. David goes where in Idaho. It doesn't matter. It's not no, 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 no. It is. It is beautiful. It is. It okay. Is well, I, that, but anyway. I was. I was like, I barely heard of that. I'm like, I know it's a thing, but yeah, I, I figured North Carolina is drivable as opposed to having to deal with a flight. Anyway, that is true. So. That is true. Yeah. All right. Can we go to Dan now? Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Dan, how you my doing? Daughter's been. My daughter's been burning a candle across the hall. Um, it's called Boardwalk Summer. Or summer boardwalk or something like that. That's the scent which, of the candle. That's the scent. Yeah. It, which basically, boardwalk are we talking? Yeah. Right. right. We're, 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 it, it must be like the New Jersey boardwalk. Oh, because... Atlantic City or something. Oh, it it smells, smells, smells like desperation. No, no. It smells like like um, caramel corn. Like huh. exactly ah. like caramel corn. I think and I said it smells like Mike the Situation. I'm <laughs> tanning oil and laundry. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> right now I am very much craving some caramel corn and I don't have any. So the next best thing is bourbon. You always seem to have uh, plenty of, so yeah, yes. yeah I got, sure. got a bunch of it, which leads us to our name because Mason is in Louisiana. I don't know if anybody's ever um, brought that up before. <laughs> oh, probably not. Um, but when I, when I heard about uh, this magical place called Louisiana, I had to ask Mason. Um, so tell me about this whole street of bourbon thing. <laughs> So our team name will be, so tell me about this whole street of bourbon. Great team name. All right. So we have great Scots, nice, nice short team name. And so tell me about this street of bourbon. That's I'm going to have to figure out a shortcut for that at some point. All right, let's get going. Let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. The game will consist of four quarters of play, each with different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. All right. Hope everyone understands the rules by now. So I can do it again if you need me to. Well, no, we can we can rewind on our podcast and go back and do it again if we need to. But here we go. Today's first quarter is going to be sporting haikus. Sporting haikus. For this quarter, there will be four questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 25 points. 
Question one in Sporting Haikus. Legendary coach, grambling for 56 years, college Hall of Fame. We'll check it. All right. So tell me about the Street of Bourbon has checked in. Great Scots. Talk it out. Like we have to, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm good with you. I, I, I always trust a fellow Scott, so go for it. Uh, we're gonna check in with Eddie Robinson. All right, and the streets of Bourbon. Yeah, I knew this one from that, but also there's a decently long road in Baton Rouge that's named after him, somewhat near LSU's campus. Not exactly, but not too far from there. Um, but yeah, we checked in with Eddie Robinson as well. And both teams are receiving points. Well done. Yeah, so he was the coach there for a very long time. That will bring us to question number two. Won a Super Bowl, later coached alma mater, replaced last answer. You can check in. Uh, the Bourbon Street has checked in, the Bourbon Street boys. And great Scott, once again, talking out. Yeah, any idea on a, on, on the time frame here? Because that's early, probably early the easiest way for, maybe? for me to get there. Okay. So someone who's coaching. No, I don't think he's there mater. anymore. They were... Yeah, I mean, in the early 2000s, someone that's coaching in the early 2000s. Presumably, are we saying that he went, not necessarily went to Grambling? Right, he could have coached. Uh, at he could have coached somewhere also, and then exactly, went to. Right. I can I can picture him because he wasn't, I don't, if this is the person I'm thinking of, he wasn't there that long. They oh, went yeah, from so maybe being, he went on to the alma mater. Yeah, they, they alternate between being really good and really bad. So maybe he was there during the really bad phase. Bad, and yeah. So then would have gone on to coach his alma mater. So it's it's hard to place because it doesn't necessarily have to be someone right. local to that area, you know. Won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's pretty vague. I mean, trying to think of guys that won a Super Bowl and then got into coaching. Right. It's just somebody with a, uh, an HBCU tie. That's typically. You, you, yeah, one would think, yeah. I was trying to think of someone that won a Super Bowl that was coaching around that time. Mike Minter never won a Super Bowl. I don't. No, Panthers never. Panthers, because then he. I was thinking he went to Campbell, but too much Carolina. But yeah, he was on the Panthers. I I don't think Mike Singletary coached at Grambling, but no, he probably didn't. (laughs) No. Again, just trying to think of yeah African American coaches. Like I mean. It's a younger a guy. It was if it's if it's a guy that replaced Eddie Robinson, it's a younger guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if if you don't have anything, what I, I don't. What's are 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 you okay? And it with doesn't. I, it doesn't even really specify won a Super Bowl. That could be as a player or a coach, right? Coach. It doesn't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, so, could have I mean, won as a player. Like you know, it doesn't really specify. The Super Bowl win could have been as a player or as a coach. Um, I mean that's a that's a shot in the dark. I I, yeah. I feel like he's he's a coach, but I, if you don't have anything better, I I don't go for it. Okay, uh, we're checking with Eddie Robinson Jr. and uh, Bourbon Street. What did you guys have? Uh, he did go to Grambling, and if if you think if if you would have latched on to a quarterback, oh, uh, very very stereotypical black oh, quarterback won the won the Super Doug Bowl. It's, it's Doug Williams. Yeah, so one team is receiving points. It is Doug Williams. So after after Eddie Robinson coached there for 56 years or whatever it was, he was actually replaced by Doug Williams, who was Doug Williams I'm sort of talked about Eddie Robinson as being his mentor. And so he went there and then he left for a while and he and he came back. But he was a coach there for I think maybe almost 10 years in total, six years and then another three or something. Um so 
Yes, it is, in fact, Doug Williams. And when you said HBCU, I thought you were going to stumble into it because he was famous, obviously, for being the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. All right, let's move on to question number three. NBA franchise, longest gap between titles, 50 years between. We can check in. All right, Bourbon Street's checked in. So great, Scott's talk it out. Yeah, I, I think this is the Bucks because they won the, the one with Lou Alcindor. And then obviously they, they were terrible and never yeah. even really sniffed a, a championship until they won with Giannis in 2020s. So I think that makes sense. 1970 to okay. 2020. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to check in with uh, the Bucks. All right. And the Bourbon Street guys, what'd you have? Yeah. I had the same idea. Um, I mean, the Bucks won recently and, Putting that back about 50 years to the early 70s, that would make sense as far as the time frame. So, yeah, we checked in with the Bucks as well. Both teams are receiving points, and you had it straight on. So 1971 was the last time they won. That was with Kareem, as, or maybe I guess was with Luel Sindor, and 2021 with Giannis. Um, they they only won one conference title in that span, and that was early on, like in, I think it was 74. They actually won a mess of division titles. They just always flamed out in the in the playoffs. I think yeah, they had the one Eastern Conference Finals against the Sixers in 01. Right, but other right, than that, right? But they won. They actually won the division seventeen times in that span. Yeah. They just never could put it over the top to get even into the finals, except for the one time in '74. So well, I'd done. like to think that's because of the giant buck head that they put on their jersey. This is the <laughs> ugliest thing I've ever seen. So it's karma. You're saying this is karma? Yeah, that. Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Actually, for every jersey they ever wore in the 90s, I would say. Dan, you don't find it endearing? Oh, my. All right. Wow. Uh, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. We got to buck that trend. All right. That's enough. <laughs> I, I Yeah, that's it. I'm done. No! Oh! The opposite of dough. Yeah, it's um, true. <laughs> all right. I'm going to move us on because, Mason, all I can say is you're never allowed to make fun of any puns in any at any time ever again. Okay. Remember, okay. Guys, hold on real quick. Flashback. Do you guys remember when Mason hated the Bermanisms? Still does. It wasn't do. even that long ago. But oh, you know. man. All right. Question four of Sporting Haikus. One of the first eight won the first four championships, disbanded 08. All right, David, we're going to check in. All right. For the first time, great Scots have checked in first, which leaves the bourbon guys to talk it out. So, so my first thought. Won the first four championships in a league with only eight teams leads me to the Houston Comets of the WNBA. And I don't know when they disbanded. I guess 08 seems about the right time. I think it was around 08. That's the first thing I thought of. I don't know. I can't think of anything else that uh, an eight team league where they won the first four championships and disbanded at that point. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to get off of that. So neither will David. We're going to check in with the Houston Comets. All right. And great Scots. What did you guys check in with? Yeah, I I immediately went right to, of course, the WNBA. The criteria just made too much sense. I mean, it, it's so improbable for a team to win the first four championships of anything. And then the disbanded in 08 fit the time frame. So also checked in with the Houston Comets. And both teams are receiving points. Yeah. So I can't remember the exact year, but they won the first four titles. And then and then several years later, just, you know, folded. Folded I think it's 97 through 2000, I want to say. Something like that. That sounds about right. I know it was late 90s. So, yeah, So they but they folded the tent in 08. It's kind of sad. So, yes, it is the Houston Comets. Well done. Well done to both teams. All right. So we've come to the end of the first quarter. And after the first quarter, we have a score of great Scots with 75 points 
And so tell me about the Street of Bourbon with 100 points. We wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia that you have come to expect from us. There are also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmer swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's second quarter is going to be Flop, Turn, and River. Flop, Turn, and River. For this quarter, there will be three questions consisting of five clues. The first three clues will be given before the teams decide if they want to check in with their guests. The last two clues will be given one at a time, with teams deciding if they want to check in with their guests after each subsequent clue. If a correct answer is checked in after the first three clues, the team will receive 50 points. After the fourth clue, 30. And after the fifth clue, 20. All right. Question one of Flop, Turn, and River. Who am I? As a child, my first sports love was cricket. Number two, according to several sources, I ate 1,000 chicken nuggets in the 10 days before one of the most important sporting events of my life. And number three, I am a longtime fan of Manchester United and had once hoped to play for them after I retired from my primary sport. I'm good with taking another. Is that official? Decision? Yes. All right. So tell me about the Streets of Bourbon have decided to take another clue. Great, Scots. Uh, you have about a minute to make up your mind. I, I feel like that we probably should take another clue just because yeah. we're throwing some names around and stuff, but nothing is solid. So, uh, yeah, David, clue us. All right. So both teams are going to take another clue. Our turn. In 2009, I adopted a pet cheetah, the fastest land animal. We can check in. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me about these streets of bourbon have decided to check in after the turn, which means great Scott's. You can freely talk it out. Yeah. Once again, I don't bad for podcasting. I don't think we need to do much talking out. No. But it seems like seems like you've got it. So just check it yeah. in when you're ready. We'll check it in. Uh we'll uh we'll check in with Usain Bolt. All right. So tell me about the streets of bourbon. What did you guys have? Mesa, we had it. Yeah, with the perfect logic, I think. Yeah. We we thought why mention cricket unless it was from you know a, we were thinking commonwealth country and then if they were a uh, a fan of man U, I don't think that puts them on the asian subcontinent really so it made cricket is so big there and and the west indies are a big are a big team too and i thought it might be someone from the islands and then yeah um mason said a thousand nuggets i bet he could do that and yeah, then, yeah, that, that last clue, though, that gave it away. It's it's Usain Bolt. So the real giveaway is the river clue, which was two of my kids are named Thunder and Olympia Lightning. So it is, in fact, Usain Bolt. And Mason, you were right that the clue that I wrote around this in the spirit of Eric Walling was the Thousand Chicken Nuggets. Apparently, when uh, Usain Bolt was at the 2008 Beijing, Beijing Olympics, I guess he doesn't see any food that he trusted, so he just started eating chicken nuggets, and he said he was eating 100 chicken nuggets a day. He would just go pick up 100 chicken nuggets, and for the 10 days leading up to his to the track events, he was eating 100 chicken nuggets a day. 
So still managed to win all of his gold. S- such a, such a trustworthy food, the good old chicken. Right, nugget, exactly. you know? Well, what's it called? What's it saying about China's cuisine? If the ch- chicken nuggets are the trustworthy, <laughs> are the ch- <laughs> chicken nuggets are now the Davidson of of foods. I guess you know. You know what? I think though, if if I could put on a pay per view event, it would be to put the three people that we put in our chat in a hundred uh, a thousand oh, nugget eating contest. Incredible. Wait, who were the three people in your chat? Now I've got to ask. Uh, Usain Bolt, Conor McGregor, and Michael Phelps. They could do some kind of, I don't know who remembers the original sort of superstars kind of pairing where yeah. they, would, they would take a bunch of professional athletes and make them do different things like obstacle course or things that were sort of more neutralizing. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Question number two of our Flop Turn River. Who am I? Number one, I am a member of both the College Football and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Second clue. In high school, I played running back, wide receiver, defensive back, and was a return specialist. And clue number three. In 2006, Sports Illustrated conducted a survey of 361 NFL players and found that after Terrell Owens, I was the most overrated player in the league. We'll take another one then. All right. The bourbon guys have decided to take another clue. Great, Scots. You can talk it out. We don't really want to say too much here, except for that's, uh, I mean, to... That what an honor to be second <laughs> after Terrell Owens on any list, honestly. So, <laughs> thinking another clue. All right, we'll take another one. All right, so both teams are going to take another clue. Here is the turn. I was still active in 2009 when ESPN suggested that my face belongs on the sports Mount Rushmore for the state of New Mexico. Oh, wow. I, I think know. I, got I, got it. I think I know it too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll check in. All right, great. Scots have checked in. Bourbon, you want to talk it out? I think we both said it at the same time, Mason. So Yep. And it also kind of fit what I was thinking of that it was someone who didn't actually play any of those positions. And yeah, but, someone that had he had to be just incredibly athletic in order to play all of those. Right. Positions. And that and that, and that makes, makes sense. all yeah. So yeah, I think it has to be Brian Urlacher. Yeah. So yeah, we'll check in with that. All right. And great Scots. What did you guys have? Same. Uh checked in with Brian Urlacher. Both teams will be getting turn points. My final clue was I followed in the footsteps of fellow Hall of Fame Bear linebackers, Dick Butkus and Mike Singletary. Yeah, and I think you were spot on, right, Mason? It was a little bit of a throw off, but an obvious throw off. He, when he started playing football, he was sort of everywhere on the field except for where he ultimately ended up. He was having trouble getting scholarships. I think it was Texas Tech he wanted to go to. He couldn't even get a scholarship there. He ended up going to New Mexico. The, I had to look this up. Sports Illustrated at the time, their proposed New Mexico Mount Rushmore. This tells you the, the stellar people that are coming from from uh, from New Mexico were, in addition to Brian Urlacher, were Nancy Lopez, Al Unser, and Tommy McDonald. So it was quite the oh. all quite the all star cast. Where was Luke Longley? He should have been on that list. <laughs> well, to be clear, Luke Longley is not, from, not from New Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> oh, if you just had to play there, I'm they like, adop- Danny, yeah, they Danny adopted him there. That's they right. Danny Granger should have been there. Yeah, yeah was... adopted son Luke Longley. Yeah. All right. So that's more more turn points for everybody. Question number three. Once again, who am I? The flop. I recently celebrated my 60th birthday. Number two, I was one of seven players in NBA history to have 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 4,000 assists for my career. And number three, I was the top scorer for the 1992 Dream Team. I have it down to 12, Mason. Oh, good. Yeah, we'll check in. All right. Tell me about the streets of bourbon have checked in, has checked in. That's singular plural. 
great Scots, you're free to talk it out. Yeah, so we're we're trying to suss this out based on what we have here. I think, you know, we're looking at 1963 or 1962, you know, for the, the year, which is also me, Ulf, a.k.a. my mom's year of birth. So I immediately, I was like, okay, someone that's around my mom's age. Yeah. So that, to me, that puts them playing in the mid-80s, probably at the start of their career. And just, obviously, they have to be on the dream team, which is why I immediately went to Chris Mullen. I just remember either hearing or reading something about him being a pretty prolific scorer on the dream team, which obviously I think many people going into those Olympics wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have guessed that he would be someone that would be towards the top of the roster. As far as I mean, he was big, he was big for a guard too. Yeah. So, I I mean, I think, and he played long enough where I think he could have got the rebounds. Right. And he didn't really play on teams that had prolific rebounders right so i mean he could have been grabbing a lot of boards on the warriors they didn't really have any talented bigs and then when he went to the pacers it was either it's him or it's not rick smith's you know grabbing grabbing the rebound so i feel like he probably could have got to ten thousand boards that's the one hold up i have yeah they the only one shocked me if he did no and i guess if you've got that fact that sticks with you what's what's there the only thing that would cause hesitation in terms of the assists would be how many he had that would have come away from Hardaway. Right. Well, I mean, they were all kind of passing to each other, though. And they, fair, yeah, right? they, like they, yeah, they, and he actually, him and Mark Jackson were kind of the primary ball handlers on the yeah. Pacers once he got to Indiana. So uh, he was throwing it down low to Smiths a lot and he was hitting Reggie on the wing, Reggie on the wing a lot yeah. for threes. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's go with I wouldn't, I wouldn't call my thing a fact. I just remember something about Mullen having a really good Olympics. I don't know if he led the team, but I know he, he was on fire that entire Olympics in 92. All right, go with it. All right, we're going to check in with Chris Mullen. All right, and tell me about the Streets of Bourbon. What did you guys check in with? Well, Dan and I sent the same thing to each other. We are both going off with a third clue because we both, for some reason, remember this. And the time frame seems to fit that he's about 60 and he was born in 63. player we chose drafted in 84, so 21 coming out of college makes sense. So we checked in with Charles Barkley. All right. Well, the turn clue was going to be, I was the shortest person in NBA history to lead the league in rebounding. Definitely not Chris Mullen. And the river clue was going to be simply, these clues are terrible, just terrible. So it is, in fact, Charles Barkley. Yes, well done. But those clues were good, not terrible. (laughs) Well, I had to to look this up. Mullen didn't even get to 20,000 points. He definitely didn't get to 10,000 rebounds. I don't even think he got to 4,000 assists. Um, I think all of your hesitations around the rebounding were right. I don't think I had a, I'd be surprised if he even had half that number of rebounds. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty substantial number of rebounds. I mean, the guys, well, it probably would make a good uh, lucky seven at some point, but the guys who, who had, who hit those numbers, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a dream team. It's Chamberlain, Kareem, Barkley, Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and, and LeBron James. So it's, it's obviously a very exclusive club. All Would right. You say that that's lucky seven in round three. Okay, so after the second quarter, we have scores of great Scots with 135 points. And so tell me about the Street of Bourbon with 210 points. Still a long way to go. And that will bring us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports with each question worth 25 points. All right, there is 
there is nothing uh, gimmicky about the halftime today. It is just three straight halftime questions. They are all sports related, but nothing, nothing gimmicky. Oh, that's, that's gimmicky in itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the Eid thing. Only if you're Eric Eid. Question one. It's a little long and I apologize in advance. Here we go. In 1977, in the movie Bad News Bears and Breaking Training, the Bears played a game between games of a doubleheader in what major league stadium? Several major league players who played their home games in that same stadium had cameos, including Bob Watson, who incited the crowd, uh, who famously started chanting, let them play. If you're good with that, Dan. I, I, yeah, I, let's I go with it. We'll check in. All right. Bourbon Street's checked in. Great, Scots. You want to talk this out? We can, but it won't. I don't think it'll be that entertaining since we don't have any anything to go off of here, except for Bob Watson, right, Scott? Yeah, obviously. I have nothing here. 1970. And this isn't even, is this Bad News Bears in breaking training? Is I that think like it's the like sequel? the third or fourth one. That's what I mean. I, like Morris Buttermaker melted by that point. Like, I, I just don't know what could have possibly yeah. happened in this in this movie. I have no idea where it's based. I, I've got, like, do we just take a shot at a, a famous, you know, ballpark? Is it Wrigley? Uh I was going like, to say St. Louis for absolutely no reason at all. Like, I, yeah, I, like, or, you know, was it even something else? I, like, I don't know. Did in they just what? decide, like, hey, we're in Baltimore? Like, I, I don't know. So he's looking for the stadium. Yeah, of what yeah. major league stadium. So, I mean, we have a shot, obviously. Yeah. it's. I mean, it was a stadium that existed in 1977. So, I mean, you know, we have the obvious, the Wrigley's and the Fenways, or maybe it's Cleveland, then we'd have to remember what the name of the stadium in Cleveland was in 1977. Right. Municipal. It's not, but it's not it was municipal, yeah, municipal. but it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Before Jacobs Field, before. What's the old, uh, what's the old Reds uh, stadium? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's where it was. Which one? R- Riverfront? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I was thinking of the one before that, but yeah, it would definitely. Crosley. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it would have been Riverfront at the time. Uh, I don't, I don't so, care. Pick a stadium. Preferably one that was around in 1977. I, I mean, Bob I'm thinking of Bob Gibson. That's where my brain keeps going, and they're not the same person. No, no. They are not. Maybe that's why I thought St. Louis. They're both, yeah, it is. They're 100% <laughs> why I thought. Let's, yeah, let's go with uh, Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. There it is. Done. Checking in. All right. And so tell me about the streets of Bourbon. What have you got? I got nothing on that question except for I seem to remember seeing it on like a Saturday afternoon a long time ago. And we're trying to figure out why they were playing in the Astrodome. So I'm pretty sure it was, if I remember correctly, it was the Astrodome. Okay. Let me just give you a couple of facts to sort of build the suspense a little bit. First of all, Bob Watson, you might not know as a player, but I'm going to tell you two facts that I always found kind of cool about Bob Watson. He was the first person to hit for the cycle in both the American League and the National League. That's you know neither here nor there. Were you there Se- both times? I was there neither time, but thank you. I there could have been David actually. Question. I was alive. Second second fact about Bob Watson is that I always remember this as a kid. He he scored the one millionth run in Major League Baseball history, which I thought was always kind of cool. He later, you probably would or should know him because he was the GM of the Yankees when they when they started their dynasty in the late nineties. Yeah. He. He was the first African-American GM actually mm-hmm. to win the World Series. And later he became the, he had some, he had some job in the commissioner's office, like the something of discipline or like the guy who got to decide how many, how long people's suspensions were. Yes, anyway. That's all right, exactly I, what I know him for. Okay. Okay. Well, Scott, 
had I told you and thrown in the hint that I have also have here, which is that the the attendance record for the Astrodome was surprisingly not set by the Bad News Bears, but was set in WrestleMania 17. Of course it was. I know you that. Might, you might have known that the answer is the Astrodome. Yeah. And and uh, it it's become a famous scene for a lot of reasons. Bob Watson comes out. I think the other guy who comes out is either Cesar Cedeno or Enos Cabell. But Bob Watson sort of incites the crowd and they go out and they're chanting, let them play because they want them to end the Little League game, which is going on between the games of the doubleheader. Later, I can't remember what year it was, but you remember when the the All-Star game was tied and the crowd started chanting, let them play, let them play. It was all because of Bad News Bears and Breaking Training, which, by the way, was a terrible movie, except for that one scene. So the answer is the Houston Astrodome. So well done to uh, the Bourbon Street guys who got points. You never answered my question, David. What, oh, what were they doing in the Astrodome? Oh, so they, it, you mean the, the plot of the movie? The real short answer is the, apparently this team in, I think the deal was that the Texas state champions were about to go play in Japan, which became the third movie. And the bad news bears drove from California. In fact, the team drove themselves because they didn't have any adults, which was a thing unto itself. But they drove to Texas to play the Texas state champions, beat them, I guess. And then, Got to go to Japan in the third movie. So, so this is the, this is the second movie. This is the sequel here. This, this one, is the this Empire was, Strikes Back. This is the sequel. There was no Buttermaker. There was no Tatum O'Neill. This is the sequel. So, if 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 they're good now, are they not the Bad News Bears anymore? No, they like, stayed. I, I'm just, I'm, bad News Bears. They okay. Bad news bears. Sorry you heard you heard David say they drove from California to that's, Texas that's on fair. their own. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's fair. right. All that's right. A- Question number two. His son led the star late in 1993 Miami Hurricanes and tackles. His grandson was an All-American Athletic Conference first teamer at Tulane in 2016. And he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. We'll check in. All right. The Bourbon guys have checked in. Great, Scott. You can talk it out. I know you got a couple names that you're thinking. I, I, I don't know why the first one jumped out at me. You typed very, very quickly. Yeah, I know, books. because it hit a weird place in my brain. Yeah. There's a lot going on in there. My my hang up with not not necessarily my hang up, but I would think that Jimi Hendrix would be in the inaugural, if not the right. second. That's class of kind, the kind of where thing, I right? went with that, and I feel like there's something with Luther Campbell and the Thirty for Thirty U documentary. Okay, yeah, I haven't I haven't gone back and rewatched that one in a while. I, but... I that's I mean that's he's a Miami other... guy, and it's not that's not necessarily a name that typically comes to the forefront of your mind. So I think that if you grab that from somewhere, yeah, that, that's meaningful. I think that's more likely based on the time frame than I do too, yeah. Than Hendrix. And he's certainly not the headliner of that class, most likely. You know, he's probably right. you know, he's yeah, kind of part of that class. I, I like that better than okay. Hendrix just based on the 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 dates for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, let's check in with them. And so tell me about the streets of, of Bourbon. Yeah, I actually knew this from the first fact and not the second one. You would think I would know it from the Tulane part. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought this was a ship. <laughs> no, it was not from that part. It was from the first part because I think I might have asked a question or something's close to this at some point. And if I remember correctly, that son was the husband of Lauren Hill, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember his name, but his father is Bob Marley. So that's what we checked it that's with. That's the one. It is, in fact, Bob Marley points yeah. to the parts to the bourbon guys. Yeah, so... So uh, the son's name is Rohan, and I think he was. I think he mm-hmm. was with Lauren Hill for a while. Lauren Hill for a while. I don't know if they got married. I was like, why uh, would Luther Campbell's son marry Lauren? Yeah, Hill? exactly. <laughs> so Ron, Ron played. He he led Miami in tackles. I think on a team that had Ray Lewis and The, the Rock. Rock. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And grandson, their grandson, Nico, played for Tulane, Roll Wave. That's right. Um, and Bob Marley was inducted in, in 94, along with uh, the Grateful Dead, Elton John, John Lennon, Rod Stewart. They had some pretty amazing classes back back in the day. I mean, they had so much to, yeah, they had so much to choose from, right? Yeah. They had to, yeah. every every inductee was a headliner. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Luther Campbell had no shot. No, Luther Campbell, <laughs> Luther Campbell's son is also has a fairly lengthy criminal record that would have put him well in line with the 93 Miami Hurricanes, but um, was not on the team. All right. That brings us to question three of halftime. This late NBA player finished his career as the sixth all-time Blazers scorer, 14th all-time in NBA games played, and also finished 14th on the, on season 28 of Survivor. We are checked in. Fairly quickly, great Scots have checked in. Well, the Bourbon Street guys, it's your conversation. Okay, late player. Okay. He just never showed up on time. Right. <laughs> and Blazers? Yeah, that's... Sixth okay. all time in Blazers, but play 14th all time in game. So a long time player. Yeah. I don't know anything about the survivor aspect, but this to me kind of screams Clifford Robinson. I don't know that, too much about him. Oh, he played that. for the Blazers forever and, and died a while ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when season 28 was, so it's not like we can pin down a time for that. No, it's been like 30, 30 something, almost 40 seasons. Maybe it's I mean, there's a lot. So I don't know if that helps you. I mean, time frame. Yeah. He played for a long time with the with the Blazers and died probably like three, four or five years ago, something like that. Do you think he'd be the kind of person to be on Survivor? Well, I mean, who is the type of person that's going to be on Survivor? There's, I mean, <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, play, played for them for a long time, though. I'm, I'm fine he with was, it. I don't have he it. was he was a six man guy. He was um he wore his he wore the uh the headband all the time, the like a sweatband. That was his signature thing. Maybe I don't have any other answer. I just think that that's I I that it makes sense. Yeah. That that maybe it fits the theme of this round because Astrodome, Bob Marley, maybe the next one starts with C. So maybe Cliff Robinson. So there you go. Maybe I thought you I thought you were related off, to Eddie Robinson. I thought you were going off sweatbands yeah. and I was like no. How's that the theme? Yes, of the Astrodome has a really big sweatband. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's bring the this Astrodome. back. Yeah. All right, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, all right. We're going to check in with Clifford Robinson. All right, and great Scots, what do you guys have? Yeah, I, I think Blazers. I think 14th all-time in games played, a guy that was around for a long time, long-time six-man. I remember him more as a son, obviously, in the late 90s. Um, he died a couple of years ago. I believe we were doing this podcast, but I'm pretty sure we had some conversations about it. But, yeah, we also checked in with Clifford Robinson. Rest in peace. Both teams are receiving points, and it, it is Clifford Robinson. And actually, if you look if you look at the games played leaders all time, he's, as I mentioned, he's 14th. But I was sort of going through the list and realizing uh, some of the guys are active, and most of the guys above him are in the Hall of Fame. So – the only guys that, that I sort of spot on the list that that are that high on the that are higher than him on the games played list will probably never make the Hall of Fame are Jason AC Terry. Green? No, no, he, he I don't think he is. Jason Terry and okay. and Kevin Willis are the two that yeah. are ahead of him that'll probably never make the Hall. So, anyway, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of halftime, and we have scores of Tell Me About the Streets of Bourbon with two eighty five, and Great Scott's trailing a little bit with one sixty. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 
Benchwarmers TP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. All right. Today's third quarter is going to be The Missing Link. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, there wait, it let me is. get my bingo card out. Hold on. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. All right, so this is going to be slightly different. Before we start, I'm going to tell you now, there's already been a missing link game that's been going on this entire game. Oh, it is Eddie Robinson and Clifford Robinson. There's there's already a theme. So this round, this round, there's actually going to be five more answers that are part of the same missing link. So I'll leave it to you about when you want to start thinking about what answers have already been out there. All right. And I will take your guesses anytime, but you have to you have to mail them to me. And uh, sorry, you have to message me. <laughs> mail them. If I mail them, right, just hold on. actually smoke signals. Carry so, a pigeon. So yeah. I will take I will take your what guesses anytime, but I'm going to play this like a regular missing link, and you guys can play it. If you guess wrong, then it's all the same. Drops down to fifty points. All right. Question number one of our missing link: the current head coach of the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL and former head coach of UConn, ECU, and Louisiana Tech. As a child, his family moved around as his dad's jobs took him to Raleigh, New York, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Minnesota. South Bend, and finally Columbia, South Carolina. We'll check in. All right. So tell me about the streets of Bourbon. Uh, I've checked in. Great Scots. You can talk it out. Uh, we're uh, we're we're right behind them. Checking with Jim Moore Jr. Okay. And tell me about the streets of Bourbon. What did you guys have? Uh, I got this off of the the law tech part and the fact that his father would have been moving around as a coach. So we checked in with Skip Holtz. One team is receiving points, and it is, in fact, Skip Holtz. Yeah, the, the clues there were he went from NC State – or, sorry, his dad went from NC State to the Jets, to Arkansas, to Minnesota, to Notre Dame, and to South Carolina. So one team is receiving points. The correct answer is Skip Holtz. All right. Question number two of our missing link. With five different schools sporting this team name, what's the most popular mascot in the men's NCAA basketball tournament this year? Two of them – Met for a spot in the Sweet 16. Check Check in. in. All right. The Bourbon guys have checked in. Great, Scott. You can talk this out. Yeah. You you said Tigers. I think that makes sense. Right? We know Princeton. Obviously, we know they were in. Who else? What other Tigers? Auburn? Auburn. Missouri. Mizzou. Yeah. I think it's got to be Tigers, right? I just can't imagine that it's anything else. I mean, that's three right there. Right. I mean, because I, you know, what are the other popular ones? I just don't think there's enough. No, there's not enough wildcats. There's, right. There's not enough like bulldogs. No. Anything like that. What about owls? Right. How many owls were in? There were two yeah. owls. Port Atlantic and Temple, right? <laughs> like, were they both in? 
No, Temple didn't get in. Temple was a dumpster. No, but um, what's their names were uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, right? Yeah. No, Fairleigh Dickinson's. Are they the Owls? Like they're the Knights. They're the Knights. Oh, they're the Knights. It was the other one, Furman. Oh yeah, they, yeah. Furman's the no, Paladins. Furman's the Paladins. Yeah, that's yeah, right. No, if, if you want, if you want to go down mascots, that's that's my. Way there were two Owls yeah. because Josh, Josh. Yeah, that's put, true. Put You're right. In the finals. You're right. That's right. <laughs> and it and it was definitely not Temple. It wasn't no. Rice. I mean, who else were there? Right. Florida um, Atlantic and Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Yep, definitely FAU. Booker Raton. I, I think Tigers just makes the most sense. Okay. In this round, not for this theme, but just in the round for this answer singularly. Go ahead, check that in. All right. All right. Checking in with Tigers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And great Scots. What did you guys have? So, two things. I remember the Owls. It's Kennesaw State. Ah, I think it's the Owls. That's right. Um, Yes. Because they were upset team. Second of all, first thing I thought of two teams with the same mascot meeting up. One of them was Kentucky, Kansas State, because they're both the Wildcats. The first one I came up with was Mizzou and Princeton played each other. Um, yep. And they're both the Tigers. And yeah, Auburn's definitely another one. I can't think of the other two off the top of my head, but it would make sense for that. So we checked in yeah. with the Tigers. And both teams are receiving points. So who did you say already? So yeah, you're right. It was Princeton and Mizzou played each other. Auburn was in it. Memphis was in it. And the fifth oh. one the fifth one was Texas Southern. I thought they were the Jaguars. Right. So I was going to say Texas Southern. And I'm looking at the logo <laughs> and I was like, is that a Tiger or a Jaguar? <laughs> yeah. Can't always a tell. Big cat. Big yeah. cat. All right, so our theme linked answers. Andres Galarraga? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'd love a team, a college team, the Galarragas. The Galarragas. <laughs> okay, our theme linked answers thus far are Skip Holtz, Tiger, and every other answer in this game up till now. Okay. <laughs> the fighting Galarragas. He <laughs> <laughs> fought cancer. That's, hey, you're true. Question number three. What pitcher is both the last pitcher to win the Cy Young in both leagues? And the last pitcher to throw two no hitters in the same season. Let's let's check it in. All right, the Berman guys have checked in, which leaves great Scots to talk it out. So I think this is between Roy Halliday and Max Scherzer. I believe they're the last two guys to win the Cy Young in both leagues, right? Because I can't think of anyone else that has done that recently. Yeah, no, not as recently as they have because Clemens has done it, but that was right. before. But that, yeah, exactly, that was yeah. before. I looked at this list. Obviously, Randy, Randy, Johnson, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson's done it. But yeah, again, same thing. Scherzer, Halliday. The two no hitters, though, I'm leaning Halliday because of that perfect game in the playoffs against the Reds. I think it was the Reds. Um, Scherzer's was. I, he's had a couple no hitters, but I don't think. I think his was spread the, out. He had the perfect game. He had the July perfect game that got broken up in the ninth. I was at Cheers. The Cheers Bar in Boston during nice. that. That's a weird. Did everyone know your name when you were there? No, no one knew my name. It was actually kind weird. of fun. And it's such a great <laughs> name too. It's were a, you at the one? You were you at the one that actually looks like Cheers, or were you at the the one that they, the one that was based on the Bull and Finch Pub? It's called the, yeah. the one that's it's, actually yep. based on. No, we were at uh, we were at the Bull and Finch, and then we went downstairs and and hung out. So it's cool though. It's right off a uh, right. It was it was a fun trip. Yeah, Scott, I, I think that's. I I don't remember Scherzer doing it twice in the same season. I could have I, I could have erased it from my memory because I'm not a huge Scherzer fan. But neither neither am I. So yeah, let's 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 go with Halliday. All right, we're gonna check in with Roy Halliday. Okay, and Bourbon guys, what you have? I'm pretty sure that Scherzer had two in one year. I'm 
almost positive about that. And for other reasons, we also wanted to go with Max Scherzer. So checked in with Max Scherzer. One team is getting points and the other team needs to get a new coin to flip (laughs) because every time you come down to two answers, it seems like you're going the wrong direction. Or maybe you need to borrow Dan's dice or something, but it is Max Scherzer. He, uh, 2015 was the year that he pitched two no hitters. Halliday did have a no hitter for the Blue Jays, I think, and for the Phillies in the postseason, as you mentioned, Scott, but it was two different seasons. Uh, and separated I, thought he had, I thought he had, I know he had the perfect game in the playoffs. I thought he had another one that season, but I guess not. I don't think it was a perfect game. Was it, it was just a no hitter in the playoffs or was it actually was a perfect it? game? No, it was a perfect. Oh, was it a perfect game? I, okay. I, maybe I thought it was. Perfect. I don't know. Either, either way, it doesn't be. really matter for this. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Anyway, our answer is Max Scherzer, which means our themed linked answers are Skip Holtz, Tiger, Max Scherzer, and every other answer in this game. Question number four of our missing link. Named for a song by W.C. Handy, this NHL team has the most Stanley Cup playoff appearances of any team outside of the original six. Ah! (laughs) Yes. Love it. It's got to be. We'll check in. All right. The Bourbon guys have checked in. Great, Scott's Your chance to talk it out. It's like being on the outside of an inside joke. (laughs) This was a host mistake. I I should have separated these two guys. That was my mistake. I know Wahoo Whalers is a thing. Wahoo Whalers by WC Handy. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds right. Outside of original six, but likely still a team that's either been around for some time or a team that's mm-hmm. been very successful. So the original six are... Dude, if there was a lucky six on original six, I'd get one and be out. Right? Is, is, is Toronto one of them? Toronto, Montreal. Yeah. Cool. Are Toronto, they all Canadian? Montreal, no. Okay. Chicago... Boston, Boston, the, the Rangers, and the no, I don't think it's the Flyers. Flyers are an expansion team, I think. Anything on WC Handy? I don't. I've never. I heard that just now for the first okay. time from the David first time I was today years old when I yeah was WC. Familiar. You know, f- famous famous songwriter WC Handy. Yeah, he's probably from mm. Louisiana. Well, probably Louisiana is. Guy. Um, I think uh, he's from Memphis. That would make sense too. Are you trying to help them now? No, but no. he's from Walk Memphis. In Memphis. Uh, yeah, I was WC like, Handy, won't you look, look on over me? Uh, yeah, that's not helping. Um, yeah, no, no, didn't. What's the no. Memphis hockey team, Scott? Uh, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about like uh, I don't know the Penguins? They've they've always been pretty good, right? Named for a song. I don't know yeah. why you would have a song Wait. called Penguins, but okay. it's not it's not either of the Florida teams. Oilers, no, they always were named for the fact that there's oil in Alberta. Yeah, but like, what would I don't what hockey team name even makes sense to be named after? Oh, oh, the boys. I mean that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, St. Louis. Finally, it's St. Louis. All right, yeah, let's do that. We'll check in with St. Louis boys. All right, and tell me about the street of bourbon. What'd you guys have? Yeah, W. C. Handy. This is the second time that a history thing has actually helped me on this podcast um wc handy was the father of the blues he wrote a lot of blues compositions um so besides that it also fit for the playoff appearances part um so we checked in with the st louis blues right wc handy actually wrote a song called the st louis blues so the list actually of of playoff appearances starts and it's and it's the the original six first so it's canadians with 85 appearances Bruins, 75, Maple Leaf, 71. It starts falling off then. Red Wing, 64, Blackhawk, 63, Rangers, 61, and then the Blues at 45. Yeah. Yeah, Mason, I don't mean to insult your intelligence, 
but I thought the father of the blues was Papa Smurf. So our themed-linked answers thus far are Skip Holtz, Tiger, Max Scherzer, St. Louis Blues, and all the other answers up until this point in the game. Question five. Part of a three-generation family to play Major League Baseball. His dad hit 206 home runs and is in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. His son is the current manager of the Cincinnati Reds, and he had 2,514 career hits, though he played primarily for the Rangers and is in the Rangers Hall of Fame. We could check in. Oh, all right. Tell me about this street of bourbon has checked in. Great Scots. We want you to get this, and we want you to get the theme. Yeah, the both seem unlikely right now. Um, uh, you could do this. You can do three this. Three generation. So 200, well, not, not 206 homers just with the Reds, but Reds Hall of Fame. I go right to Big Red Machine. Big Red Machine. I, I can't. Outside of that, I don't know that I can name you too many guys that would be in the Reds Hall of Fame. So if we're talking Tony Perez, Dave Concepcion, Johnny Bench, like uh, none of those seem to fit. Ken Griffey Sr., George Foster, Pete Rose, Cesar Geronimo, Joe Morgan. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't know. He is the middle of these correct yeah his dad okay. is in the so i'm thinking if his son is managing now let's assume his dad played 60 70s when yeah. the reds were good so this guy probably played he's in his 70s. 70s yeah the middle guy is probably in his 80s or, or played in the 80s 70s. and 90s yeah yes. maybe 70s yeah 70. uh in the rangers hall of fame so now i'm now i gotta think rangers hall of famers not michael, michael young, young. <laughs> I don't know anything about his family and like their Ruben, generation. Ruben Sierra. I'm going to need an hits. answer here and then we oh, can come on. They're on the hunts. Come on. Uh, now 25,000 oh. hits and played for the Rangers. Oh man. 25,000 hits is 2,500. 2,500 20, is by, uh, by far. Oh, well, actually I did that on MLB the show with my, uh, my creative player. Um, <laughs> yeah. 2,500 hits is obviously like a lot. So this has to be, this is certainly a guy that we know but I'm struggling with guys that played primarily for the Rangers that would have that kind of number and that would fit the other stuff. Cause like Juan Gonzalez certainly didn't have a dad on the Cincinnati Reds. He didn't he have a dad. dad. <laughs> it's not Pudge. All right, let's get an answer. Let's get an answer. <laughs> Eddie Robinson, the third. All right. Perfect. And bourbon. Why don't you tell us the answer to the question? I, I used to read a, a, a book, a baseball book that had a bunch of different like lists. And did you borrow it from Walling? No, no. This is I, I had this for <laughs> a long time. Um, talked about um multi generational families, and then I realized who the manager of the Reds actually is. Um, so we're this is a third generation, and it was um the 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 patriarch of the family was Gus Bell, and it was Buddy Bell, is his son, longtime Ranger. So. With, checked in with Buddy Bell. One team is receiving points, and yeah, it, and this this the grandson, if you will, is David Bell. So there was there was sort of a race that was on for three generation families between yep. the Bells, between the Bells and the Boons. And that uh, was our other 50-50 guess. Uh, well, so there you go. Uh, the Who Boons won? actually won. The Boons but, won. Oh yeah, but, but it wasn't by that much. I mean, I remember watching the not the grandfathers, but the but the dads obviously played uh, both played a long time. Bob uh, Boone was a pretty decent player he was he was yeah he played for a lot i mean he, he he there's some stat of like he's caught more games than anybody who's not in the hall of fame or something right. like that i mean he, he he caught forever okay 
So our themed linked answers are Skip Holtz, Tiger, Max Scherzer, St. Louis Blues, and Buddy Bell. In addition to our other answers, which were Eddie Robinson, Doug Williams, the Milwaukee Bucks, Houston Comets, Brian Erlacher, Usain Bolt, Charles Barkley, the Astrodome, Bob Marley, and Clifford Robinson. One team has submitted a theme-linked answer, and I'm going to give the other team a chance to answer as well. Yeah, we'll take all five of our minutes, please, and thank you. <laughs> Try to talk this out. <laughs> Because I don't we'll refill a, your bourbon, Dan. I'd like I to, don't, yeah. I I'd like to suggest I'm a one that, bourbon a night guy. I think I, I'd like to suggest you focus on Usain Bolt, maybe Brian Urlacher, definitely Clifford Robinson, though. Clifford, Clifford Robinson, Bob Marley. Oh, Remini in it, and WC Handy. Don't forget about him. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> give me whatever you got. Yeah, we can, can we can talk, talk out this out. You do type yeah. me dog names. Uh yeah, Skip makes sense. Max, Blues uh, Clues, Air Bud, Max. What dog is Brian Urlacher? Brian. He looks like, he looks like a dog. Oh, Brian, Brian from, from uh, Brian from Family Guy. See, I don't. No, I'm, now I'm just that. now I'm just saying it. Sorry. I don't associate that with. Yeah, just give, he's name. throwing him a bone. That's Dan. why. Yes, they were barking up the wrong tree. You know. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys checking that in? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess, no matter, I'm not sure how specific you want it, uh, TV and movie dog names. That'll work. That's oh, better than what the other team gave us. All right. Yes, it is. It was an hour uh, and a half ago, though. Right. So right at the beginning of this round, um, the, the Bourbon Street guys came in with famous dogs. And that was Mason, my, by the way. That was uh, all well, Mason. Well done. So let's do a quick recap. I will let you call them out. So Eddie, you know who Eddie Robinson, the reference was? Fra- uh, Frazier. Frazier, right. Doug Williams. So that's Doug from the Pixar movie. Up, Doug, right? That's right. Mil- I am Milwaukee- Doug. That's right. Milwaukee Bucks. That's Buck from Call, Is that of, Call the of the Wild. Yes, yep. very yeah. good, very good. Okay, Scott, you should know this one. Houston Comet. I got this one. Comet the dog. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Full house. No, 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 no. Comet's Full right. House. Yeah, Comet's Full House. Brian. Then we got Brian Griffin from Family Guy. Usain Bolt, of course, from the Disney movie. Charles Barkley. Anyone? Barkley? No. Oh, Barkley no. was um. Oh, so familiar. Oh shoot. I, I don't have it. Barkley was the big dog on Sesame Street. Sesame Street. That's it. Yeah. Oh. Then of course we got Astro from the Jetsons. Roll, Marley roll. Mar- Marley from Marley and Me. Clifford the Cl- the big red dog. My dog Skip Holtz. Tiger is the dog from Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Brady Brady Bunch. Bunch yep. Uh you guys were struggling with Max. Max is the dog yeah. from The Grinch. No, the Grinch, yeah. I was yes. like, oh, yeah. Yes. Then of course we got Blues Clues and Podcast Favorite buddy from the airbud movies so well done. I, I was positive sandy alomar was gonna be i went all, one. well I, I i it was everything i could to not use sandy koufax by the way so. well, uh, the one is, i proposed yeah. to, the one i proposed to david was scooby right yeah. i was just gonna say what about the linebacker scooby right that would have given it to me because i because obviously i thought of him but he's an usfl player i mean it was like it was only, it was I mean, arizona i mean he played for arizona yeah scooby he was really right. good at arizona. that's true that's true playing the nfl a little bit all right, so uh, after the third quarter, we have scores of the Great Scots with 250 points, and tell me about the Streets of Bourbon with 485, which means... Would have got it if it was Beethoven. Yeah, find me a <laughs> Beethoven. I, I was I was struggling for all of those. I almost used Dino Raja, but then I figured somebody would call, <laughs> call, call BS because he's not really a dog. But anyway, yes, so it is not mathematically impossible. We still have a game, and that will bring us to the fourth quarter. 
the fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. And since as this game comes out, yesterday will have been tax day. Our themes today, question one, stocks. Question two, bonds. Question three, net gains. And question four, itemized losses. So stocks will be pertaining to Super Bowl history. Bonds pertains to major league accomplishments. Net gains pertains to NBA playoff success. And itemized losses pertains to NCAA futility. It's time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question number one in stocks. Not surprisingly, Tom Brady is the far away leader in career Super Bowl passing yards. Who is second? We'll check in. All right. So tell me about the streets of bourbon. Uh, I have checked in. So great, Scott. You can talk it out. Dog named quarterback that played in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> the dogs are over, by the way. I just... Oh, okay. Oh. The dog, no, the dog days are over, right? <laughs> That's right. The dog. Thinking guys that obviously played, I'd say probably in three plus Super Bowls, right? To to be in second place. So that leaves us kind of Bradshaw, Aikman, Montana. Uh, I think Mahomes is probably pretty high on this list just based on the era, right? That he's playing in and the fact that he's now been to three. I want to factor in like a guy that went two or three times, maybe didn't win, but had to throw a lot. Like a Ben Roethlisberger, obviously he won, but I mean, like someone like that. Where how many? How many did Boomer lose? Who? Esiason. They threw a ton, and they. I want to say. I want to say two. We're done with the with the uh, dog names, by the way. (laughs) Oh, are we? I don't really know out of out of all that that list. I I mean Montana. I, I sure. Sure. Kind of feel like I know he had one game that was at least pretty prolific in one of his Super Bowl. He threw a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's, that's fine. All right, we'll go with uh, we'll check in with Joe Montana for zero points. Okay, and Bourbon Street guys, we were throwing some names around, and both Mason and I at the same time were saying, "What about what is this about stocks?" We're trying to figure out what this was, and then we both at the same time figured it out. The stock boy. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh. Kurt Warner. So we checked in with Kurt Warner for eight points. Well, so just to build the suspense a tiny bit. So Tom Brady retired with 3,039 passing yards in the Super Bowl. In second place, it is incredibly tightly bunched because there's a huge drop off from Brady at just over 3,000 to 1,156, where we find stock boy Kurt Warner. Just just behind him is Joe Montana with 1,142. So just 14 yards is all you missed by. Another 14 yards down from there is John Elway. And about another 100 yards after that is Peyton Manning, who had just over 1,000 yards. So it's so it's 3,000 and then a bunch of guys all within uh, basically within 100, all the way down at 1,100 or so. so but only one of those guys has a movie about him. That's true. Well, no, Tom Brady does now. No, no, I meant yes. under of the, of the second under. four. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. That's yeah. a good point. Joe Montana just needs to get to the Super Bowl one more time and he'll pass more. That's that's true. Yeah. Joe Montana had a movie about him. You never saw Rudy? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Met Rudy. Completely real. The real question, one. Question two. Category is Bonds. I think we all know that Barry Bonds is one of four players who has had 40 home run, 40 steal seasons in the majors. Barry Bonds is also one of two players who had both a 50 steal season 
and a 50 home run season, though not in the same season. Who's the only other player in Major League Baseball history who had both a 50 home run season and a 50 steal season in their career? There's the David question. <laughs> this one's a little That's bit of a David it. question. Wait, where's my bingo card? <laughs> yeah, this one counts, I guess. We're going to check in. All right. So tell me about this street of bourbon has checked in. Great Scots. Talk this one out, please. Yeah. I mean, we should be able to get there. I think this, if this was a different game and I wasn't getting ransacked, I'd probably think a little bit harder on this. Um, so I'm obviously a big home runs and a big steals guy. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that have hit 50 home runs. And out of those, I mean, the ones that you think are likely to get to the 50 steals are going to be your, your Griffey's and Sosa's guys that got really close, but none, they never got to 50 steals. I don't think Alfonso Soriano ever got to 50 homers. I think he was close a couple times, maybe 45, 46. Canseco is kind of the one that I'm unsure about because I know he was prolific in both at different times throughout his career, but I, I'm not confident he ever got to 50 steals. I was I was just trying to think through the list of 50 home run guys that any of them had. Yeah, that had that speed. kind of. I mean, yeah, the 50 homer thing started, you know, I mean. It's not really Brady Anderson with like, his one year at 51. I mean, was he a steals guy? Could it be? Maybe, I mean. Maybe Could he have gotten before, the 50 steals in a season? Maybe, yeah, before. Maybe before I mean. he started injecting horse testosterone into his body. But, yeah, I, I think he could be. I, you know, he's maybe kind of a dark horse. Not, not we, we know. Well, we know. Dark horse. We know. Canseco was forty forty, right? Well, Canseco was forty forty. Yeah, Bonds was forty forty. Right. Soriano was forty forty. Right. No, I don't think Soriano ever hit fifty. No, I don't think he quite I got. It. I think he. Man. I think he came up short. A couple. I want to say forty six or forty seven. Probably his career high. Man, did Bagwell um, ever hit fifty? Jeff Bagwell, he never got 50 steals. I believe he he went 40-40 twice, yeah. but it was like low 40s in steals. I don't think he ever yeah. quite got to 50 in steals. Greg Vaughn? Greg Vaughn hit 50 homers in 1998. In, I don't in know San Diego, a, right? Yeah, I don't know if he was a steals guy, though, before that. Like early in his... I don't feel strongly about any of the yeah. names that we said. Uh, I feel strongest about Canseco, so what's what's follow david's rule in the beginning of not overthinking the uh the super the super straightforward ones all right sounds good <laughs> go ahead and check that in uh jose canseco for how many points yep. uh 100 all right and other team i'm fairly positive that i'm right on this and i'm fairly positive that you guys just walked right past him you gotta Story get the, the guy game. that had the gotta get the guy that had the 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 speedster leadoff guy that Brady had Anderson. a all of a sudden came up yeah. with a 50 home run season. I'm pretty sure it's Brady Anderson. We checked that in for eight points. One team is receiving points. It is Brady Anderson. I, I felt so bad. I, I almost wanted to stop you because once again, I, I feel like you. Yeah. yeah so, so, so it's interesting so, because Barry Bonds, he stole 52 bases in 1990. He finished his career with 762 home runs that most people know. He also finished with 514 steals, which is actually amazing. Brady oh. Anderson had 50 home runs in 1996. He never finished with more than 24 in any other season. 
On top of that, he had 53 steals in 1992, and he never finished with more than 36 in any other season. So he wasn't just a flash in the pan for his home runs. He was a flash in the pan for his stolen bases. That's what made it really amazing to me. Barry Bonds was sort of so prolific in both. Brady Anderson was a a scrub who had just a couple of great good years. So I I couldn't have told you a single thing about Brady Anderson prior to 1996. So I had no idea he had a 50 steal season. He he had to have had like 25, 30 steals a season though for a while he he, he did he was consistently in that in that range but he wasn't even considered like a 30 30 guy he was considered like yeah. a 15 35 guy like that was yeah. sort of his that's where he was going to go in fact he came up with the red sox organization and they they dumped him in a trading deadline deal for to get mike boddicker uh, who was a good pitcher at the time but anyway <laughs> boddicker. all right wow. here we go so uh question number three in net gains Not surprisingly, LeBron James holds the NBA record for playoff games played with 266 games. What five-time NBA champion held the record for career playoff games before LeBron with 259 games? We're checked in. Just like that. Great, Scott says, checked in. Bourbon Street, time to talk it out. My first thought was was Robert Ory, um, because he's a five-time champion. And he would have played in a lot of playoff games. Yes. Um, is it someone that played for the Nets? Because the category is net gains. Net gains. I don't, that, I don't know if that's something. That makes sense. I, I was going to say Tim Duncan probably played in a whole bunch of playoff games. He played against the Nets. And you got to think of the guys that bounced around the good teams. I mean, yeah, like Robert Ory, like, uh, like Derek Fisher even. Ooh. I would not have thought about him, but yeah, he would he would have been on those Lakers teams. Um, he was with the Thunder for a while too. Wait, Fisher, Net. Oh jeez. Is that is that really if that's what it is? I may boycott the last question. Yeah, if that's have, it, I was gonna say Scott, Scott and I are out of here. <laughs> we gotta check this in. The, the fact that they're upset with us right now for picking up on the Fisher net. I mean, I, it's dumb. I would not have even thought of that, but I was thinking of the Nets as in the basketball team and not any other puns with the word. So, sure, I, I guess I wouldn't have thought of him, but it makes sense. So, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll check in with Derek Fisher for eight points. All right, and great Scots. Well, we didn't check in with Derek Fisher. We did not. We checked in with uh, Big Shot Bob Robert Ory. For an amount of points that we're going to lose, which is going to be 80. One team is receiving points. The net gains was just supposed to be a tax thing. There was no Fisher net. That was a complete accident. Okay. So you guys, you guys are now, you guys are definitely overthinking it. And the, but the correct answer is Derek Fisher. I think Robert Ori has more rings than that. He, How many rings does he Robert does? Have? He does. He has six, he does. right? Six. Does he have six? Two with the Rockets, three with the Lakers, one with the Spurs. Yep. He has six. Seven. Seven. seven Did he get two with the Spurs? Okay. I guess so. He has two with the Rockets, three with the Lakers, and two with the Spurs. So, yeah. I undersold him. So, there you go. It is Derek Fisher. And I apologize that, yeah, it wasn't about the Nets or a fishing net. That was just dumb luck that you guys got that. All right. I'm going to tell you ahead of time, there is absolutely no pun that was intentional on the last question. All right. There's nothing tricky going on here. It's a straightforward David question. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's an oxymoron. So, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Itemized. Okay. Yes. So what's the. I, uh, right. Item. Right. So item. 
There we go. Question four, itemized losses. Of the 69 schools now in Power 5 conferences, there are exactly two schools that have never won a national title in any sport that is recognized by the NCAA. Name both schools. Both both of the schools are one of only two Power 5 schools in their state, and both of their in-state rivals have won money sport national titles in the last 20 years. Okay, so the item is that there's two teams, Scott. Oh, so that's an item. God's sake! Like a couple? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. That's, no, no. We're checked in, David. All right. For the last time tonight, great Scott has checked in. So tell me about the streets of bourbon. You get about thirty seconds to talk this out. All right. We got three of them, Mason. We've got we've got Washington State, Virginia Tech, and Kansas State. Yeah, and of those, we feel the least confident about Wazoo. I don't know what they've won a championship, and that's the thing. That's kind of bugging me about it. I'm I'm thinking, like I was saying, out on the West Coast, I'm thinking track me. Yeah, especially it, up in the upper was, the in in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, maybe they snuck a baseball championship back in the day. I don't know. Um, I can't. But I mean, K State, though. I mean, no. Virginia I, Tech, I can't I, think. I think Vatech, I can't think Vatech has anything either. Um, right. And it was the money categories. Virginia's won basketball. Kansas has won basketball. And yeah. Yeah. And what is the, what does it say? Won titles, in the, national titles in the last 20 years. Has Washington won a national title, money sport in the last 20 years? I don't think they have. No, I don't think so. But since 2003, Kansas, no. Kansas, and Virginia have so Virginia. both in I think that's got to be it. I think that's got to be it. Okay, so we're gonna go with Kansas State and Virginia Tech. Kansas State might actually have a chance at breaking that this year, so yeah. see how that goes. But um, yeah, Kansas eight, State and Virginia Tech for eight points. Oh, sorry. So Kansas State and Virginia Tech for eight points. Okay, got it. And great Scots, what did you guys have? I forgot about the the last twenty years thing. I forgot how long ago twenty years ago was. That's all. That's all. That that that's also fair. But I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't probably wouldn't have gone so heavily on Colorado and Colorado State had I seen the, the twenty years because they're now neither one of them has won anything. You know, in the recent past, so uh, we checked in for points that again we're going to lose. Uh, that this time was forty. With uh, Colorado State and Washington State, I had sixty down. Did you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we had, we had sixty. Okay. Whatever. Just make us lose however okay. many points we sent to you. Okay. Well, what? One, <laughs> one team is receiving points. The correct answers are Virginia Tech and Kansas State. I said the last twenty years because I was trying not to make it too easy. I probably could have said the last five years because Kansas yeah. and Virginia have, of course, both won basketball championships in the last five years. Washington State, just for the record, I'm pretty sure has won has won uh, track titles, either indoor or outdoor. They were once quite dominant. They used to be kind of an Oregon rival way back in the day. So, well done, well done. Uh, this means that the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Great Scott finished with 10 points, and our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the highly coveted Jim Druckenmiller Award with 517 points is, so tell me about this street of bourbon. All right, Scott, since you're our guest, 
I want to thank you again for being a sponsor uh, of the program, but uh, is there anything you would like to talk to us about or talk about at all before we call it a night? Well, yeah, thanks now, for having me back on. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you said yeah. Scott. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Our I, guest, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I, I overlooked the 1977 NCAA Indoor Track Championship <laughs> the, uh, Cougars took home. Um, sorry. Um, no, it was fun, as uh, as always. Um, Tim, and, Tim and Dan and Mason Up was the uh, perfect combination of questions where we would just flip coins and uh, and guess the wrong side. So, but it was a good time. Lot. Thanks, Scott. It was it was fun. But yeah. Yeah. Well, thank thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a good sport. It, it may have been a mistake in retrospect to let to let Dan and Mason pair up on one of my games. Just Looking back on it, it's probably was yeah. the wrong decision. Yeah, there yeah. were too yeah. many because too many historical because we pitched we should, a no hitter. We should have. Is that true? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't miss. Yeah. We didn't get a perfect game because we didn't get all the points on the yeah. Flat flat ah, but you did go no hitter. Shoot. Yep. Well. Yeah. Thank you again. Max Scherzer this. Yeah. Yeah. Two or two yes. of those in one year, and we're that's Max right. That's right. So thank you again to Scott Highland for being for coming on for for playing my reindeer games and for spot for for uh, being a patron for being an assistant coach and to all of our listeners thank you once again thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia podcast and until next time we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep stretch stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP. How did you not have D- how did you not have Dino Cicerelli? I just told you because Dino, I, I same reason I didn't have Dino Raja because I oh, because okay. somebody could call me on Dino's yeah. not really a dog. I mean, yes, he's a dinosaur, but he's a dog. He jumps on Fred <laughs> and licks him. Yeah.